You're listening to Spice Radio 1200 AM, and we are speaking to Margareta Dovgal, Managing Director at Resource Work Society. This week's topic is unpacking the BC government's latest announcements on LNG and mining, plus what to take away from the recent bank failures in the U.S. Margareta, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Wonderful to be here. Good morning, Karen. Now, Margareta, let's dive into this. Last week, you were just telling us about the case for the B.C. government to approve LNG projects. Yesterday, they did that. How is the sector taking the news? Well, it's certainly good news of a sort. And yes, some positivity has been long awaited. And of course, the Heisler Nation is said to massively benefit. They are the champions of the Cedar LNG project, which was conventionally expected by those in the know, uh, of course, to receive its environmental approval. And they did get, get that from the province yesterday. And as the Premier's press conference really emphasized, Indigenous-led projects are here, truly. And uh, that's a big win for reconciliation and economic development for Indigenous communities. Uh, there's going to be major benefits to nations who engage in this. Heisla has been a leader in this respect, uh, of course, uh, starting with our partnership on LNG Canada, which is also uh, being built in their territories. And that unlocks opportunities to invest in everything from social spending and infrastructure to massively improve people's quality of life. Uh, or, you know, as the case often is, to uh, bring it up to par with the Canadian average, uh, you know, all the way through to uh, the opportunity for investments in starting and growing more businesses that are owned by nations. And nations that have equity in major projects, ones that are highly productive, like we tend to find natural resource industries, are then able to line themselves up for major economic success. And that's not just a good news story for those nations and their people, but it's also really wonderful for the British Columbia and Canadian economy. Uh, of course, there's a piece for workers here. Uh, many construction uh, and skilled laborers have been trained up and you know, really put to work uh, by projects uh, all across the north and, uh, and the interior of British Columbia. Uh, construction on coastal gas link, which uh, actually feeds both LNG Canada and Cedar LNG, that, that new project that was just approved. I, those folks are you know, now ready to get to work on other stuff as construction on those projects actually scales down and uh, they finish building. Uh, so this is good news because it will provide some much-needed local opportunities in the Northwest. Uh, but there was a, a bit of a, of, a, of a side angle to the announcement as well. Uh, the B.C. government also uses an opportunity to emphasize their new energy action framework. And details on that are still being developed and are expected later this year. But uh, there are a few pieces that have been shared. And one of those is that uh, major projects um, to export LNG will have to meet the net zero emissions by 2030 threshold. And that's, of course, a very high bar to meet. Uh, you know, you'd get there through electrification, um, you know, as the case often is in British Columbia, through uh, massive amounts of hydroelectric power being made available to projects. But unfortunately, that capacity isn't coming online exactly at the pace that it's needed to allow us to proceed in this vein while still having a competitive and uh, timely LNG export industry. Uh, of course, the province has acknowledged that uh, they are looking at it. They're, I think it's a BC Hydro Task Force that they've announced uh, to look at ways to, to build that capacity. But uh, essentially, if, if this is the, the condition and the province fails to make the necessary arrangements to enable um, that electrification to become available to industry operators, um, then we don't really have uh, um, much in the way of positive news on other projects. Uh, and I would say the signal that DVDB is definitely trying to have it both ways. You know, I, I've seen this one built as a compromise announcement. Uh, it, I'm not so sure, what, you know, what exactly 
compromise on. Uh, you know, Cedar LNG, this is a project whose supply of natural gas was already baked into the approval for uh, product being carried by Coastal GasLink. Um, so that's great. It was expected, uh, you know, to a large extent. Uh, but it does also signal that um, there's sizable uncertainty about future projects. Uh, and the context in the global sense is very important here. In the same time that it has taken us to get one major project nearly built uh, and a small handful uh, permitted, the United States has been on a combo super streak. You know, they've, they've gotten dozens of projects built, over a dozen permitted. Mexico is actually jumping into the pool of eager LNG suppliers uh, from North America to uh, Hungary, uh, Asian markets. Uh, so this is an opportunity that we really just can't afford to be dozing on. Mm-hmm. And what effect will this news have on BC's production of natural gas? Well, it's a positive signal, but as I've said, that capacity was already planned to be met. And we have so much room to grow in the Northeast. Uh, we have responsible producers that work in partnership with Indigenous communities. We have uh, new certainty, actually, um, vis-a-vis the final Blueberry River First Nation agreement uh, with the province. Um, and that, that certainty around uh, drilling uh, natural gas wells, uh, it's, it's returning to the Northeast. People are ready to go to work. Um, private sector is ready to keep investing. And, of course, there's a significant number of uh, LNG export opportunities uh, because that gas is needed in the world uh, to transition away uh, from higher emitting sources of energy like coal. And I feel like I've definitely mentioned uh, this uh, important tidbit on natural gas wells 101, but you've got to keep drilling. And um, that has almost cessation in that new permitting that we saw for a couple of years following a major court decision um, prior to that agreement being reached. Um, it really uh, took a damper on uh, our ability to produce a natural gas product uh, to supply projects like this one. But, um, of course, that trend is now being reversed, and uh, 2023 so far is shaping up to have, um, I think, at this point in the year, we're just a quarter of the way through it, um, about half or more of uh, all of the permits that were issued last year. So I think that trend's going to continue. The Premier's announcement uh, was you know, noticeably quiet about the upstream and the the production. We know that it's going to be less than what would have been the trend prior to the uh, Blue River First Nation Agreement. Um, But I'm curious to see where it's going to end up. And ultimately, all of these pieces need to be connected, everything from permits in the upstream all the way through to pipelines uh, uh, approved to supply that natural gas. And then, of course, the export terminals. Uh, that then liquefy the product, uh, the product, so we can uh, go across the Pacific Ocean to where it's most needed. In mining, I'm hearing that the BC government also approved what will become BC's largest gold mine. That's right, and the Blackwater mine is expected to be a 2.5 billion dollar gold and silver project, and uh, it's set up in a multi-phase design. But it looks like they're going to get cracking on phase one pretty soon. Uh, there's a couple of really exciting points about it. It's designed to be pretty low emissions, and uh, that's down to a number of innovative technologies being deployed, like uh, fully electrified uh, mining trucks. And, you know, these are really massive, massive vehicles uh, that uh, conventionally consume a lot of, uh, of fuel to keep them running. Um, but, of course, just like LNG, that uh, depends on um, lots of electrification uh, being made available to, to producers. Uh, it's also a really positive uh, bit of news for the Caribou region of British Columbia. I think it's you know definitely uh, their first major project in quite some time, and that's exactly what's needed. Uh, I say this a lot. Our prosperity is based on growth in the private sector and opportunity. 
if we don't have that engine of prosperity going, at, you know, firing on all cylinders, then our opportunities and our quality of life starts to, to wane. And, uh, you know, just to put this into context, maybe stepping away from natural resources for a second, if British Columbia was a small village and we were really, really good at uh, producing woven fabrics that our neighbors really wanted. Uh, not many people had them. Uh, maybe we had a few competitors somewhere else, but really we were the best in that. And we stopped weaving. What would we then have to trade? Uh, something doesn't come from nothing. And as a trading country, there are things that we're only able to get. Uh, you know, reminded uh, uh, that uh, semiconductors and uh, many of the components and electronics, uh, they come from a world away. Things like that, uh, we need to have lots of money to uh, buy on global markets. And it's only because we trade goods that the world wants in exchange for money uh, that we're able to buy those things uh, from the people that actually supply them. Uh, so, of course, our economy is much more diversified than, you know, having just one product to share. But the essential principle remains. And the higher the productivity of whatever it is you're selling, uh, the better your odds are that your quality of life is going to outpace whatever the global average is. And that's exactly what projects like Blackwater Mine will help us deliver. And I'm hoping many more major projects uh, can be approved to enable us to, to grow that strong base of prosperity and well-being. One last thing, Margareta. There has been a slate of worrying news this past week about several banks in the U.S. What's going on? Well, I'll keep it tight. Uh, it's not quite time to hide your savings under your mattress just yet. And, uh, in fact, economists uh, and bankers would urge you not to do that. Um, you know, there's a, a startling and often confusing mix of factors that go into a bank collapse, everything from the regulatory environment, insurance uh, against uh, market pressures and uncertainties, all the way through to consumer behavior. So, you know, when people start to run to the bank and withdraw their money, uh, that can often trigger uh, a bank collapse or a failure. Um, and we have been hearing that um, the, the collapse of the Silicon Valley Bank, uh, which was the United States' 16th largest bank, and uh, also the closure on Sunday of Signature Bank, according to U.S. regulators, um, those did come out of a more deregulated environment than we are likely to have here in Canada. But, of course, uh, the stock market uh, certainly uh, was hit, uh, not just in the United States, but globally by, by this news. Um, so there is an extent to which um, things that are happening um, you know, just to the south or a world away can affect, can affect our economy. But um, I'm fairly confident that our banks here in Canada are robust and uh, certainly keep our savings nice and safe. Uh, but this does point to the overall fragility of the global economy. We are in times of uncertainty, and this is a really important time to take stock of what we're good at, what our greatest assets are, and strategize ways to leverage those strengths because we don't know what's going to come. Uh, we don't know if the uh, you know, unprecedented decades of uh, certainty and confidence that uh, the economy enjoyed uh, for many, many years prior to the pandemic, uh, we don't know if that's the, the baseline norm uh, or if indeed the world is a lot more uncertain and scary than, than we want to, uh, to acknowledge. Uh, so it's always good to be prepared and to uh, ensure that we're competitive and doubling down on the things that we're good at, like natural resources, is certainly the way to get there. Margareta, thank you so much for your time. As always, we appreciate it. Take care. Take care.